The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. Third hour, Pure Opelka. Wow, it's flying by for me. I I hope it is for you, too. A, A lot to cover yet in this third hour. And here's a quick update on today's vital question. This morning, just about four hours ago, President Trump tweeted on his personal Twitter account that he would like the Senate to switch to 51 votes immediately and get health care and tax cuts approved fast and easy. Dems would do it, no doubt. Well, it made me wonder, where do you stand on the filibuster? Should it be eliminated? Donald Trump says we should kill it, change it. Use the rules change. Just make it. 51 votes in the Senate. And currently on the vital question poll on Twitter at StuntBrain, uh, 47% of you say yes, eliminate the filibuster. 34% say keep it. And 19%, almost 20% of you are saying, oh, I don't know. See, this one's a tough one. This one's a head scratcher. And to help me understand this and some of the other strange goings on in Washington, D.C. today, We need to welcome our friend, Dr. Wendy Patrick. WendyPatrickPhD.com is where you find her. And you should also pick up her book about red flags, how to spot those frenemies in your life. Hello, my friend. How are you? Good. Always a pleasure, Mike. Glad to be here. I hope you had a long, restful weekend and that you are happy that today is almost the middle of the week. It's just it makes me feel so good. I guess it depends on what you consider the first day of the week, but you're absolutely right. It's a great day. And yesterday was a wonderful Memorial Day holiday. Just terrific. It it feels like a Monday, but it's a Tuesday, so it's like a bonus. You wake up tomorrow, boom, Wednesday, middle of the week. It's just wonderful. Sometimes if you've got a four-day week, those four days seem to last longer. (laughs) I don't know what it is, Mike. (laughs) I'll bet you there are people in Washington, D.C. today saying that this week is going to crawl. It is not going to fly by. And one of the people that are going to say that is the president, because here he comes back from that successful foreign trip to a weekend dominated by his son-in-law, Jared Kushner. It is no doubt why you're seeing pics of him all over the Internet looking a little down in the dumps, probably wanting to tout all the accomplishments and all the great contacts he made abroad, 
only to come back and we're still talking about Russia. Not only we're we talking about Russia, but, you know, from Friday when the Washington Post lobbed a grenade over the fence at the White House saying Jared Kushner asked for a back channel. And now we're hearing that maybe the Russians asked for the back channel first. And we're also hearing people say, hold on a second, Washington Post. Weren't you the people who said Obama's back channel was what gave us the brilliant breakthroughs to make the Iran deal? And it was yeah, creative right. and invisible and yeah. all kinds of stuff. It's crazy to me. It is. And I, I got to laugh. You would never get through. I don't know how you ever get through TSA at an airport with all of your bomb analogies. <laughs> it was a well, grenade. A, a, <laughs> you would never make it. But you're right. It's a good way to put it. <laughs> please don't say that, Wendy. I'm supposed to get on a flight next week to Dallas. Oh, okay. Well, one of the reasons it was a grenade, and, and I think that's an apt analogy, is it, um, in this administration, there is so much news every day that to make this story the headline that is drowning out all other headlines seems a bit over the top. That has been the consensus, particularly when you have Kushner himself saying, hey, I am happy. Or he's not taking the fifth. He's not playing any of those games. He's saying, I am happy to testify before Congress and explain the scenario. And understandably, there are administration officials that say, no, there's no problem with this. We've done it before. Um, some wise words from John McCain were not about whether or not it could be done, but he was questioning the timing. Is it Was it proper to be during the before the Trump had even taken office before Kushner himself had a position within the administration. So while certainly it deserves investigation and discussion, there it probably shouldn't be the biggest headline. I'm going to date myself above the font 14 point, right? Remember when we used to have newspapers? Oh my God, yeah. Should it be that headline or should it simply be one story among others, among many? Well, and you make a really solid point, especially about one story among many. Because I think what the Democrats are doing, while, while people who don't see a big problem with it are concerned about it, the Democrats are talking about critical mass, that this might be that final straw that creates so much weight that this whole thing comes crumbling down. But yet, yet we have yet to see real evidence. We've yet to see any concrete evidence of collusion. We've seen meetings. We've seen discussions. The only guy... And Pete Gasperwitz from the Washington Examiner was on uh, at the bottom of the first hour of the show today. And he was talking about the fact that the only guy who's really been in trouble is Flynn. And they fired him months ago. He's been gone. They can't bring him back in and fire him again. But he's the only guy that really has any serious, uh, serious problems, it seems, or potential problems. So I think this That's is right. just... This is all about slowing down any agenda Trump has, and that seems to be the only thing it's actually doing. That's right. And, you know, it reminds me of my job every day walking into a courtroom, right? The judge or jury says, show me the evidence. Anybody can say anything. Anybody can allege anything. Show me the evidence. Obviously, that doesn't help in the court of public opinion. But the, the problem is the bad press and the optics. And here's why Kushner is such a unique figure. Trump will fire anybody uh, that is going to bring him that kind of bad press if, it's, if there's actually fire, not just smoke. But remember, his cardinal rule is family first. He's fiercely loyal to his family. So Kushner falls into both camps. 
you know, he fall on the one hand, certainly, you know, you don't want a staffer getting this kind of press being being the news instead of reporting the news or being involved in the news. But then again, this is his son-in-law. So pre- the president's in a very tough position when it comes to Jared Kushner and what to do about Kushner. He, so he's different than many of the other staffers that are getting wind of the fact that they've done or said something publicly. Even Sean Spicer falls into that camp and they their job may be on the line because of it. Remember, there were rumors circulating around the communications director that just stepped down. I know a lot of people don't even realize there was a communications director behind the scenes. People probably thought that was Sean Spicer. But Jared Kushner is different. You can't fire your son-in-law when he is such a close ally within the administration. So maybe that's why the president isn't in the best of moods today. Or maybe there's just bad camera angles that have resulted in those photos that we've seen over the last couple of days. Um, But certainly, let's wait for the evidence before anybody starts jumping to conclusions. You make a great point there. Well, you know, this you, you you just made me realize something. Can you imagine... If Donald Trump actually had to push Jared Kushner out, and I'm sure they would make it seem like it was his decision, but can right. you imagine the the next holiday dinner? Dad, Grandpa, why did you fire Daddy? <laughs> oh, you gotta wonder how what goes on at those family dinners to begin with. What a riot! Yes, absolutely right. And you know, you and I may never know because of all of the different ways in which one can gracefully exit. From any administration, from any job. I mean, look at General Flynn. Did he resign? Was he fired? Did he step down? I mean, that's just one example. You could only imagine what it would be like if it were a family member, as you point out. Oh, yeah. It's going to be fun to watch. Uh, Later in the show, I'm going to play uh, something from CNN, which speculates that Donald Trump is not only angry and alone, but he has gained weight and turned inward. And, of course, it's all anonymous. <laughs> it's all speculation. It's all unnamed sources. And if any of us, if we're walking down the street and someone takes a series of photos, you can find, <laughs> if you spend enough time, the worst picture possible and use that picture. Which, well, which it's is like you I, with or without a beard. It's like you with or without a beard. Mike, did you lose a bet? <laughs> is there a different reason you grew a beard? You grew a beard? I mean, you change your profile photo on Twitter. And that's the first thing I said. <laughs> I, I forgot right. about the beard. Thank you for bringing you it know, back up again. <laughs> you know what, Mike? I wonder if they're going to loop this gaining weight story into that other story. I think MSNBC first reported about how when he brought the Time Magazine reporters in, everybody got one scoop of ice cream and he got two. Do you remember that? Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, that's so right. That's why he's gaining weight. That's why he's gaining weight. He's eating too much. Oh, that's so funny. I completely forgot about the ice cream. He's stress eating, which, you know, I would be doing too. I would absolutely be stress eating. You know, I've got about, I've got a good solid five minutes here, Wendy. I want to talk about your, um, your, your rock solid. This is not something I need or or have a use for, but you have a new piece on psychology today entitled Profiling Online Daters. Short self-descriptions are suspect. If anyone out there in this audience is using uh, social media connections, online dating, uh, I, I think you've got some really solid stuff here that I would say, wow, yeah, I could see that. What are, what are the basics yeah. we can talk about if anybody's out there uh, looking for uh, info on this? 
Oh, absolutely. So my last three or four columns have been on research related to online dating because I know a lot of people online date. And so I wanted to really share what some of the studies show. And the one you mentioned yesterday really showed that people distrust online daters that have very short profiles and are not sharing the kind of information they're looking for. Obviously, a photo, believe it or not, still is the number one way people narrow down the choices. But after that, because let's face it, there's a lot of great photos online. They want to know a little bit about the person behind the persona is the way I put it. And the research shows less is not more. When we are are so reluctant to say anything about ourselves, when we maybe only have one photo, we're not showing our family, there are no selfies, there is no sports, there's, there's just that dearth of information. Sometimes even a great photo just won't cut it. And many otherwise very qualified candidates will never be looked at. Now, I know how it is. Some of your listeners may be thinking, I don't have five hours to fill out that profile. There are too many questions. But if you don't, the response from the the very qualified, talented, beautiful pool that may be wanting to contact you will just shut you out because it is distrustful to just not be willing to share any information. That's not me talking. That's research. And it's important for people to know before they go online. Do it in a way where it's actually going to be successful. So if you're if you are a person who's doing the online dating, you got to be you got to be checking out the profiles and you can assume that less in terms of information on their profile could be a red flag, could be something that you need to pay attention to. See, cause I, I always watch people who put pictures up of every meal on their Twitter right. account. Now, like this is what I have for my, breakfast. As my college students would say, that's TMI, too much information. Yeah. But short and sweet does not signal sincere. It triggers a fraud alert. People wonder what you're hiding if you're not willing to share anything besides a photo. They'll end up thinking that's not even your photo. So sharing the kind of, whether it's family, occupation, where you live, enough information where you seem to be a real person who can be trusted, that is the very first step to getting as many hits to your profile as you can. So if you're going to spend the time, spend the money to online date, do it in a fashion that is actually going to make you successful. Well, that's good advice. And, you know, for those of you out there looking, I just tweeted out a link to uh, Dr. Wendy Patrick's latest piece from Psychology Today, profiling those online daters, short self-descriptions are suspect. I would raise an eyebrow. I would say, you know, you know, I, before you, I would connect with them, I would say, hey, I need to know a little bit more. I was curious about this. I was curious about that. So don't jump in with both feet until you That's get right. the, if, if the back of your head is asking a question to the front of your head, you need to get that question answered by that person before you meet them in person. Just a, Amen. A God gave us intuition to use it. Use it or lose it. <laughs> you know what? We've been talking about promptings on this show for a while, and that's an important one. It's not just about what you're doing in your professional life, but it's also about your personal life. If the little hairs on the back of your neck stand up, if you're getting a prompt on a question, ask the question. It's okay. And it's something you should do. I love this, Wendy. We, we don't talk about this part of your life that often. You know, we always talk about the politics and the, and the courtroom stuff, but this is really good and important stuff for our audience. It is. You know, Mike, I've been a prosecutor for 22 years. And so almost everything I do is infused with that safety first sort of that's uh, really on the front burner of everything we talk about is whatever you're doing, do this, do that, but do it safely and smartly so that you'll be successful. Absolutely. Were you, 
Were you the Doogie Hauser of law school? Were you school oh, when you like sweet. 12? You're killing I'm older, me. I'm older than I look. <laughs> what a gift. Uh, before I let you go, Wendy, you have to answer today's question, or did you already? Did you, did you say you were against elimination of the filibuster or you could live with it? And, you know, I, I, I could go either way because there are there are benefits. I see there's your lawyer answer. You can't ask a lawyer to say yes or no. Um, but I, I, 51% would actually bring it in line with the way so many other votes go. But I also want to say sometimes it depends on what you're voting on because there are just some things that need more of a consensus than a preponderance of the evidence, as we say in civil court, a, tie, a slight tipping of the scales. If they're important decisions, wouldn't you want to know there's more backing behind it? So you know better than to ask me that question. Well, your answer is particularly lawyerly and well phrased. I I appreciate (laughs) it. Well, uh, the the only good thing about the short week for me is we get you sooner rather than later next week. So we'll connect next Monday. Thank you, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Find out more about her at uh, drwendypatrickphd.com. And we will be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. There is a press conference going on so far. A lot of tap dancing. I'll give you highlights after the bottom of the hour. Lots of questions about the Kushner-Russia story, of course. But I think that's getting exposed uh, for what it is. And again, so much smoke, so much distraction, so much of the uh, the mainstream media just trying to slow down Trump as the Democrats would like them to slow him down. It, it really does seem to me to be obstructionist media. They're complicit. It's the never Trump media. But as uh, as I was talking about it earlier with Dr. Wendy, this story that CNN has put out that basically says the president, oh, he's gaining weight. He's not doing well. He's withdrawing. It, it's a little irritating. And this was Gloria Borger uh, just, about, ooh, just about two hours ago before we came on the air. Uh, three hours ago, Gloria Borger, or Borg, yeah, Gloria Borger talking about Donald Trump and not naming a single name. This is all sources or voices or people that whisper to her in the hallway. I really think this is kind of shameful, but here's how they're positioning this report and how they're trying to paint the president into a corner where he is uh, depressed and he is uh, gaining weight. And oh, besides besides that, he's also uh, not a complex thinker. Check this out. 
Before he left for the trip, I was told uh, by a source close to him that he was in a pretty glum mood. That was before the trip. Uh, he came back and he felt that it was a successful trip, but he comes back to this Russia investigation going at mock speed now with his son-in-law, now part of a counterintelligence investigation. And I was told by more than one friend of his that he not only is glum, but he seems to be withdrawing and that that's not a really good place for Donald Trump to be, that he has less and less faith in people uh, who work for him, and uh, his outside friends are more and more critical, I think, of the staff inside the White House, as could be expected. And one of them said to me, you know, these guys don't play chess, they play checkers. Well, first of all, Gloria, and we're going to get to the chess and checkers thing. First of all, if someone is a friend of Donald Trump, if someone is a close friend of Donald Trump, they are not talking to the media. If that is a friend, guess what? Their lips are sealed. They are not out there smearing the guy by saying, oh, you know, he's really depressed now. He's come back. He's gaining weight. Yeah, it's probably the second scoop of ice cream. This is terrible. This is really wrong. And we'll get to the... Uh, We'll get to the, the description of these people play checkers, not chess, and the answers to that. But I, I think this is shameful, this kind of reporting coming out of CNN. There's more. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. We, I was just in a little bit of a mini rant against Gloria Borger, Borger over at CNN about her depiction of Donald Trump based on pretty much rumor, pretty much rumor, saying that these close friends of the president are telling her these things. If you're close friends of the president, if you're personal friends of the president, you're not... You're not saying those things, not to a reporter, especially to a reporter on a channel with an agenda. So I don't believe it. And uh, when, when she mentioned that the close friends were saying that the people next to the president are, uh, well, here's what, here's what she said. These were the words they used of the staff inside the White House, as could be expected. And one of them said to me, you know, these guys don't play chess, they play checkers. So what did that mean? Well, the, I, I give, uh, I give the, uh, the other anchor on CNN the props for at least saying, what did you mean? Yeah, well, I think it means that they're not they're not thinking in 3D. They're not thinking uh -huh. about the moves after the next move as much as they should, as in the firing of Comey. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's probably true. You know, when you're a guy like Trump and, and a couple of the people uh, he has on that upper deck, I think they are chess players. And I think guys like uh, Mattis are chess players. 
not necessarily uh, checkers guys, but just a thought. But Gloria Gloria Borger, that's just uh, just I I think it's irresponsible. I think it's tabloid reporting to do the kinds of things that you've posted on CNN today, the kinds of things that say he's gaining weight, he's withdrawing, he's he's pulling in uh, away from people. Stop it. Stop it. That's really cheesy. Really lame. Now, what about uh, from the press conference today? What did we hear about the the president's relationship with uh, Angela Merkel? Uh, I I told you what I feel about Merkel and how the press has totally misinterpreted what Merkel said and what she was doing. It was a, a campaign appearance at a beer garden. But here's that question. I think the relationship that the president has had with Merkel, he would describe as fairly unbelievable. Uh, they get along very well. He has a lot of respect for her. Uh, they continue to grow the bond that they had during their talks in the G7. Uh, and he views not just Germany, but the rest of Europe as an important American ally. Um, during his conversations at NATO and at the G7, the president reaffirmed the need to deepen and improve our transatlantic relationship. So. Pretty much a standard diplomatic answer, right? I think so. I don't, you know, I'm sure there's some tension there. I'm sure there's some discussion there about what our relationship is with Germany and what our relationship is with NATO and the EU. I don't know if it's fairly believable, but I certainly don't think it is as the press has described it. You know, they, they went a little apoplectic this morning saying, remember when Trump wouldn't even shake her hand in the Oval Office? Oh, but Keith Olbermann is losing his mind today. There was also some uh, some discussion of moving the the advancement of the health care update and the health care re- repeal and replace ahead. Well, there's a lot of savings that are coming out of uh, the repeal and replace effort right now. I think we're at one hundred nineteen billion dollars that we saved through the president's efforts. And I think the health care. Uh, has been something that the president has been very clear on throughout his time as a candidate, well through presidents uh, through his presidency, to make sure that the American people get the care and the accessibility that they need. He understands how important health care is, and the bottom line is he's going to do whatever it takes to make sure that people have quality, accessible health care. Dollars did he mean to the high risk pools? Did he mean to the cost sharing reduction payments? Where did he want? I, to I think them? this is a the bill's in progress. Obviously, it's in the Senate right now, and he's willing to to work with them to do what it takes. Olivia. The Senate's going to rewrite the whole bill, so we might as well just table any questions about that. The Senate is going to take what the House sent them and put it on a pile in the corner of the office, and then they're going to print out their own version and have their own bill. That's pretty much accepted, That especially after the CBO score was so brutal. They're actually, actually going to uh, rewrite everything. And, and then the House and the Senate will get together and through reconciliation, they'll do something. But again, it's going to take a while. I don't know how quickly they can get that done. I don't know how many other other issues that they have to get through, like uh, whatever they're going to get done on uh, on taxes. Although they seem to say they have to take care of health care before they can get to tax reform. I just don't understand why you can't take care of health health reform and tax reform at the same time. We're, we're all able to walk and chew gum. Oh, wait a minute. We're not. We're legislators. Cut it out, people. Come on. 
All right, I'm shifting gears because I promised this story, and I don't want to run out of time today, but I thought this was one of the more fascinating stories. Uh, and and we will we will try and discuss this tomorrow with Dr. Jorge because Wellness Wednesday happens, and uh, this week it happens pretty quickly, right around the corner. Elective surgery is something that always always catches my attention. I look every year to see the list of elective surgical procedures and what people are choosing to do and whether or not uh, on, uh, on people it's uh, for a while. The number one was rhinoplasty and nose job. That was the biggest thing. People said, well, I hate my nose. I'm going to get it fixed. And they could actually find a way to get it covered. If the doctors would say they had a deviated septum, then their insurance would cover it. And in reality, it wasn't about a deviated septum. It was about that bump on the nose. And they all wanted the same nose that the perfect Beverly Hills nose, whatever it was. So it was nose jobs for a while. And then, uh, then facelifts became a thing. And then boob jobs became a thing. And then butt lifts became a thing. And then Botox was injected into foreheads all over the country Faces were frozen. Actors could no longer act. And our pursuit of perfection kept going. But now the latest bit of elective surgery seems to be falling on the, uh, on the men. And the, the biggest spike in, in elective surgery in the Hamptons, that Tony region on eastern Long Island where the cognoscenti and the super wealthy go to spend their summers, the latest trend is vasectomies. Apparently, the wealthy Hamptons bachelors are all going in for the snip to tie off anything that would possibly get them in trouble with whatever summertime affair they would have. And this is not just the super, super wealthy. These are some of the people that share houses in the Hamptons. I know there are those mansions that you'll see along the, the oceanfront on the south shore of Manhattan, the Dune Road monstrosities. But there are also lots of young, very well-off brokers who share a house or split a house for the summer. You know, when you rent a, a four-bedroom house in the Hamptons, it can run you fifty to a hundred thousand for the summer just to rent it, so they might share it with another broker at the office. But these people apparently are terrified, terrified of their weekend dalliances during the Hamptons summertime party season. So it also removes the need for them to use any other birth control and not rely on their partner. But this, this seems to be a big deal. They are worried that uh, they're saying child support payments are rising up to 17% of um, the father's salary, up to 400, the first $400,000. You're supposed to pay 17%, according to the judges in New York. After that, the judge can sting you as much as they want. So these guys apparently are all nervous about it. Can you imagine we live in a time when the, the biggest spike in elective surgery for men in this, this ritzy area of the country is vasectomies.
And uh, one of the doctors behind it is quoted saying, rich guys are a population that gets abused a lot and trapped by pregnancies. It's bizarre and sad at the same time, isn't it? Bizarre and sad. Hampton's bachelors foil gold diggers with vasectomies. I thought I'd seen everything. Mike Opelka taking a break. We'll be back on Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. We're wrapping up uh, this Tuesday that feels like a Monday, but tomorrow it's Wednesday. I know it's confusing, right? But you get a four-day work week if you did not work yesterday. So enjoy it. Revel in it. Be here tomorrow. Dr. Jorge stopping by for Wellness Wednesday, of course. Uh, and we, uh, we have to... Uh, be ready for him. He's got important stuff. I, I wanted to get to you guys today about the, the really important realization I had over the weekend. I played a lot of golf. I played a ton of golf. I played golf back to back, and that's not something I do very often. I used to not be able to do it because my knees and my back and my hips would kill me. After all that swinging of a golf club and making those turns, I was in pain usually. Not so much because of why, because I now take Relief Factor three times a day. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I take all-natural Relief Factor. It's an anti-inflammatory. It is, as I said, all-natural. It's helped thousands of people. But you know what? I'm glad it's helped them. I'm more excited about it helped me. So why aren't you trying it? If you have chronic pain, if you have pain that's caused by inflammation, you should try Relief Factor. Get the three-week quick start plan. It's only $19.95. Seven to 10 days, most people see results. So call them. Relief Factor, 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. Or go to relieffactor.com. I, um, I'd be out playing golf again today, three days in a row, if it were not raining. So that's the only thing holding me back. Certainly not the pain, because guess what? The pain's not there relief factor check it out uh before we get out of here i i have to play for you one of my favorite things from the weekend general mattis secretary of defense asked what keeps you awake at night nothing i keep other people awake at night <laughs> it's a mic drop moment isn't it i i have played that a thousand times today already what keeps you awake at night general nothing i keep other people awake at night and he says it so calmly. It's almost Chuck Norris-like. It's almost Clint Eastwood-like. Go ahead, make my day. What keeps you awake at night? Nothing. I keep other people awake at night. That's the guy you want in charge of the Defense Department. Because that's, that's how you achieve peace through strength. And we, we talked about this during the Reagan era. Peace through strength. Peace through strength became a reality because we were so strong that nobody dared to do anything stupid. 
Nobody dared to come at us. Nobody dared to challenge us. And God forbid that anybody did, we were strong enough to say, okay, you really want to do that? Well, here's how we're going to deal with you. And so I, I believe Mattis is that kind of guy. And he's not, he's not the mad dog. That's where the irony is. He's a guy who's just saying, okay, I'm going to keep you up at night. You're going to stay awake at night. Uh, there's a couple things bubbling on the blaze that I think you should check out. One of them, uh, one of them is this survey that shows the difference, the difference between the uh, popularity of presidents. And this was a, a recent survey that showed adults in America and who they consider to be the most popular presidents in the second half of the 20th century. What I like seeing here is that in 2012, Bill Clinton's popularity was at 46%. He was at the top. He was tied with Ronald Reagan at the top. Five years later, Bill Clinton's popularity he's down to 28%. Kennedy, Kennedy's been the beneficiary of the biggest rise. John F. Kennedy is now seen as 53%, one of the best presidents in the second half of the 20th century from 1950 to the year 2000 it's kennedy reagan and then a distant third place bill clinton followed by general eisenhower george bush the first jimmy carter lyndon john you know who's missing no it's it's perfect i think that's perfect so you see that and then there's a, also a story that you have to see that's coming out have you seen the picture of kathy griffin holding uh, a beheaded Donald Trump, a bloody beheaded Donald Trump. This just shows you that the left is completely disconnected from reality and only dealing on emotion and anger. To me, the picture looks more like Kathy Griffin is holding uh, sort of a prosthetic uh, mask of uh, Alec Baldwin as Donald Trump. And not really Trump. It, it, to me, it looks like the Baldwin depiction. But whatever, people. Be unhappy. He's still the president. And will be for quite some time. Testudo, my friends. Testudo. Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. On the Blaze Radio Network.